Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me, per usual, are my favorite two people in the world to talk to via Skype. That's Jude Seymour, Senior Editor over at One Foot Down, and Brendan McAlinden, our do-all uh, advertising man, uh, it would seem, if you've gotten their back Slack channels. Fellas, what's happening? This is this is early record. Yeah, I uh, admire your dedication to wearing a mask in a uh, in a in a job that is like it's 115 degrees. I, I think if anyone can wear a mask in 115 degree weather, then probably somebody could wear it for 15 minutes in Target. So I admire yeah, your dedication. Sure. That one source was fucking wrong. This is not a Joshless podcast, at least uh, not fully. I, <laughs> I I can join you for the next 20 minutes or so. Well, we're glad to have you for the limited amount of time, and uh, hope we can get as many hot Josh takes as possible. Well, uh, well guys, I mean, are you the boys news ready dro- to mix it up? Let's do it. I think there's going to be a big mix-up. I think, I think uh, when the ACC does their ACC-only schedule, the Big Ten does their only uh, Big Ten-only schedule, maybe they should do it like I don't know, like Twister style, or if I, <laughs> you know, or. Or something like that. Just have just have some fun with it. Uh, so obviously today, big news. Big Ten announced they're going to a Big Ten only schedule, and that uh, triggered kind of an emergency podcast because now there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. It, this is like conference realignment. I said this today, like conference realignment, but on a virus. Uh, <laughs> it, the the news is fast and plentiful. You're not exactly sure what's what, but uh, I think all signs point towards Notre Dame uh, going along with the ACC in an ACC-only schedule. Um, That has not been announced. Uh, Who knows? By the time you hear this, maybe it will be. Uh, But, uh, I mean, things are are definitely moving. And like Jude and I were just talking, uh, none of this may matter in a couple weeks or, hell, even in a couple days. Who knows what's going on, what we're talking about. So it's getting wild, folks. Yeah, we're going to have a good laugh about this podcast because the, the takes are going to come flying out and then we're going to be all proved wrong in 48 hours. But uh, we're going to do it anyways because this is what's happening. So, Josh, I just want to start uh, actually with what you said. Uh, I actually don't do, I don't agree that it's going to be an ACC only uh, schedule for, for Notre Dame. I think it's going to be ACC plus independence. Um, I think that look, Notre Dame will try to retain as much flexibility as possible to get in some of their partners that are still willing to play with them. And based on the Navy 80s comments today, I think Navy is definitely still on the table. So um, I understand your thoughts you that ACC to... would want some control here, but yes. I so you want me to tell you how you're wrong? Yeah, that, that's fine. But you can't say, you can't say putting it outside the Navy family. First of all, Clemson is going to want to play South Carolina if that's possible. Right. Right. Uh, Florida is going to want to play why, Georgia. That's, that's why possible. everyone's up there. Everyone not non-Big Ten right now because there's so many interconference rivalries between the SEC and the ACC. Right. And, and the, it, the big the big thing with the the Big Ten's move was it, it's not about travel. It's not about this. Clearly, move. these teams are closer. About it's right. about control. It's about the, we have a certain standard of of uh, you can say rules if you want, but a certain standard of a way we want to go about doing all this. You can make all your member institutions follow that you can't make the Mac or the SEC. You can't, you can keep this in line. It's all about control and all about trying to handle it the best way you see fit. And I mean, it makes total sense. So 
my, I guess, so my thinking was if, if Notre Dame, if the ACC is like, all right, we're going to throw you a bone and give you these extra games, I believe that it would come with the caveat of, but it has to be just against us. We don't want, you know, this mix up. But Josh, uh, you know, so, why wouldn't they say no to that? Why wouldn't Notre Dame just say, okay, then pass? Yeah. I don't it just think that it's, it, it just depends on if they want seven games or ten games. Well, they've got six right now, and if Navy is willing to play, uh, then they've got they've got seven. That, and now right, it's, there's your seventh game. And, 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 you can, everyone keeps bringing and, and beat, up BYU, but here's but here's the thing. About, here's the thing about BYU. Here's the thing about BYU. What kind of season are they going to have? Are they only going to have a four game season? Because as, as you, if these conferences all start falling in line, if, if the Pac-12, if the, if the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC all fall in line with what the Big Ten's kind of doing here with this conference-only stuff, there's not a whole lot out there. I mean, is BYU going to play Liberty three fucking times? I mean, well, I, I mean so what, what, are, are, are you casting I, I, I would, a group I would of five BYU, a group of six into the ocean? Is, yeah. is this full, I mean, did you did you read the what the the Bowling Green athletic director came out basically shots fired on the Big Ten and no. a couple of things about the Big Ten in in I don't I don't know is they have a first time athletic director so this is this is their 80s first season what a, what a break in huh <laughs> what a what a what a year uh, for him to oh get Jim his. Delaney how we miss you already buddy right. And if you're the Big Ten, and I'm not sure if control is necessarily – because what's controllable about what Rutgers and Piscataway and what's going on – like Yeah, this, this is about Nebraska's scat, maybe traveling. scheduling easier to me. Is it about oh, that? No, I, I think, think so. Or, I, no, I think, I think is about, dead on with that. This yeah. is the last-ditch effort to save the season because – all right, so Harvard came out and they said that no football. Right. Maybe in the spring or yeah. Yeah. The Ivy League um, said no football, maybe the spring. So a lot of there was some rumblings and you could start reading them yesterday. Um, People were saying, well, now we're going to see how much these conferences and uh, the value of the student athlete and putting out there. These are unpaid interns, essentially. And. Is the bottom dollar, is that is that what is going to drive this? Because to be honest, group power five schools cannot afford, as we saw the Stanford cuts, as we're going to see significantly more cuts. They right. can't afford to not have. So, so let me ask you through this quick question. This very, a, a simple question here. Do you think the rest of the conferences across the country are going to follow the same mandate as the Big Ten? Or do you think they're going to be more in line like what Jack Swarbrick said Months ago, when he kept talking up, I mean, and a lot of that's a PR thing, you know, for kind of a sell, talking up conference the conference plus one. conference plus one kind of deal. Because as we've all mentioned here already, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, these are right. big in state. Florida, Florida State, yeah, exactly. So do you, do you think the rest of the, or do you think it's just going to be kind of like a grab bag? Like, hey, maybe the Pac-12 decides if, I mean, if, you know, if they're going to do it. They're going to do what the Big Ten's doing, uh, but the SEC and ACC are going to do, uh, you know, conference plus one, uh, and then the Big Twelve is just going to do whatever the hell that Texas decides that they're all going to do because Texas runs <laughs> everything that they do anyways. So do you do you think that's more likely than everyone following exactly what the Big Ten's doing? 
Well, I think most likely is that we just don't have a season, but for purposes of this argument, (laughs) no, no, I'm definitely with you on that. (laughs) uh, I mean, for purposes of this hypothetical, what I personally see is that, yeah, there's there's so many ACC SEC tie-ins, and especially since they're geographically close to each other, I could see them working with each other to do some sort of conference plus rivalry game, protecting rivalry games. And so, and that would be the the uh, kind of the carrot a little bit for Notre Dame in the ACC because it could be just like, look, okay. I mean, because the ACC, you know, they they don't have Notre Dame by the ball. They don't have them by the screws. Uh, right. Uh, you know, unlike uh, some Louisville writers believe. Well, Tosh Floyd <laughs> believes that too, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a stupid sentiment. It's a, it's a fucking ridiculous sentiment. But what I'm saying is, I guess, is that, you know, Hey, you know, Notre Dame's in this mix now at the ACC. Hey, we still want to play Navy. We don't, this, you know, we're not going to be able to play SC, but we still want to play Navy. Uh, you know, can you let us have that, <laughs> you know, but still give us a couple extra games. They don't need to ask I've, ACC's permission. They're going to just say, no, we're no, playing no, no, Navy. no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is if that's seven games, right? But if Notre Dame wants to get a couple more ACC games, you see what I'm getting at? Like, like yeah, I don't I don't think that's where they'll work. I think, to be honest with you, I think they'll prioritize Navy over additional ACC games. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not, your, I'm not, that that was an argument in that point. That was an mm-hmm. argument in that point. No, what I'm saying is I be, I'm with you on that, thinking that the ACC would want the plus one. And when Notre Dame, they would work with that would be a an easy carrot for the rest of the schools that would want, though, like like Georgia Tech or and Clemson wanting that other game. And, you know, you can, and Notre Dame's kind of like that model for like, hey, there's the plus one. But listen now, to me. I think the plus one is Arkansas. I don't think it's Navy. Yeah. Because if you develop if you develop a relationship with the SEC where you say Georgia can play Georgia Tech, Florida can play Florida State and so on and so forth. Then why can't now, you say, hey, Notre Dame and Arkansas already have a date. Let's keep that. So Notre Dame has plus two with their ACC schedule is what you're saying. Because you're because you're, you're no, Notre, Dame, Notre, Dame Notre, Dame exists, Notre Dame exists on, a, on an island all itself. I, I don't that think that it, I don't it, think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna be the case. But if, why if would this goes down, I, I don't think they're I don't think they're just gonna let Notre Dame run wild. They don't have any leverage. They don't have any leverage over Notre Dame to not let them run wild. Notre Dame's gonna do whatever the hell they want to do. Notre Dame, I think they, Notre Dame they, they, would, they, would try listen, to schedule they literally independent could, before they schedule. Uh, don't make me argue they, other people's points. They could, but I mean, they could literally, they could literally have those six games and say, "Nah, dog." That, so, I mean, that's what, what they could so they would go up against our lawyer, Jack Schwarbrick, and they'd have to to go to court and uh, there's, there's I, uh, on the on the Andy Staples podcast. I'm well versed in the uh, whatever the hell they want to call the God clause, and 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 that'll be brought. That's going to be brought out all over the country. That's going to be every small school that's looking for a payday is gonna, is going to be looking to try to go to court, and they're all going to be fine, running into the same kind of deal. I just I don't I just think that. The, the thought of, of Notre Dame having their six ACC games and whoever the hell else they want, I think that goes out the window a little bit. All right. Well, I just, let, I, me, let me ask you. I, 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 don't, ask I, don't, I don't think Arkansas so is going to be on John, the schedule. A lame commissioner, John Swafford, who's on his way out, is going to power play flex Notre See, Dame. I just, I just don't think it's going to boil down to a power play flex. I, I, Josh, I, just, Josh, I don't think Notre Dame is going to fight this. Josh, what what do you think there is going to happen with Western Michigan? You think Western Michigan is going to back away from that game? They need it. You they want to talk about Wookiee life debts? <laughs> you want to talk about Wookiee life debts? The Big Ten, 
kept the Mac athletic department afloat for three decades. And now the, you, the you know, as well as I do that every contract can get bought out and contracts do get bought out all the time. When it comes Notre to Dame games. doesn't need to buy out. Notre Dame needs games. Notre Dame needs but, to protect as many games as possible. <laughs> Western Michigan needs money. It's, it's a mutually. I don't, I don't think right? that's going to happen. I do not think that's going to happen at all. Okay, so why? I, I why think as the, dom- as the dominoes start falling, why it is going to look Western more Michigan? like because they're just not going to. They, I, because I, why? Because the Max says conference only. What? What's the? What's because the I, prevents Western Michigan from playing Notre Dame? Because of the same things everyone's that. What? What kind of testing are they doing? What kind? What kind of standards are they following to keep it as safe as possible when you're bringing in, you know, seventy okay, of their then why seventy of their object- players and why thirty these of their objections staff? raised two months ago. Why, why was anybody? Well, number one, number one, that was two months. Two months ago was two months ago. Shit, two months ago we <laughs> we were a lot more optimistic about just the season itself. I, I mean, wasn't. you know, in three days, in three days, you know, this I mean, you, shit. We just already joked about it. This could be pointless, you know, within an hour. But two months ago, it means nothing right now. I mean, all, all, only thing that matters is that is what's happening moving forward. Well, I guess my question is why why weren't you, why are you now suddenly concerned about what other conferences are doing when you're Notre Dame and you're literally playing all the other, all the conferences, right? right. Like where, where was this like, well, I don't know how, how they're keeping it in California. So we're thinking about not playing California schools. Like, no, they, it was the opposite, which is like, and it's still, it's still their position. They're going to take all comers. They want to play Sanford and USC. They don't want to, they don't of want course they, and USC. Of course they want to, but is that, is that actually going to happen? I don't think no, so. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is who is actually objecting to this Notre Dame, Western Michigan matchup? I mean, who's, that the, would, who's the that person would, that, that says that, you can't play this game? That would be a Jack Swarbrick decision. Okay. And, but Jack Swarbrick and doesn't give a shit. You don't know that. You why does that no decision that. need to be made? Why does that decision need to be made in July 9th? When, just right. like you said, keep his powder. Well, well exactly, exactly, exactly. It, do, it does not need to be made on July 9th. It's You're exactly two, right about that. Almost two months till kickoff, right? I mean, it's September 4th because nothing's going to happen before September 1st um, for the ACC. So I'm not I think, sure. I think what, what the, the guys on the Irish Illustrated podcast said today, or, or maybe it was last time. I think it was today. Made sense. Where they're like they expected a Notre Dame schedule to come out on uh, in, two, in about two weeks. So like who they were going to play in two weeks. So now obviously a lot can happen from now in two weeks from now. I just I I have a hard time I have a hard time thinking Notre Dame is going to keep Arkansas on the schedule, and I have a hard time thinking that Western Michigan is going to be on that schedule. I, I think, think it's no, going to you're going to you're going to have reduced you're going to have reduced games. They're going it, to it's. It's going to be about a ten-game schedule, if that. Probably about ten games. I think that they'll. I think they'll lean on their on the ACC. I think that with well, the way they, they if they the lean way on they the, the ACC, ACC and the SEC, if they lean on the ACC, what the Big Ten is. If they lean on the ACC, about what the Big Ten's doing right now, I think that they'll have that caveat of, of you know they can kind of you know have another game. They'll play Navy, and then they'll have nine. Totally, they'll get an extra handful, extra three ACC games, and that'll be the schedule. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I could be dead wrong, but uh, I mean, yeah, that, that I, of, none I, of us, none of us in this look, podcast will even think there's going to be a season as it is anyway. Yeah, so, right, we'll, 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 I guess in two weeks, we'll be either half right or half wrong. <laughs> well, that's I, don't the thing think, is, I don't think there's I think, a full right or a full wrong yet. Right. 
I think, look, and, and, and again, with the caveat, your same caveat that I could be dead wrong about this. I think Notre Dame plays Navy because both those teams want it. I think Ar- Arkansas is saved because the ACC and SEC see the, the logic in having uh, matchups that can be preserved that are, with the exception of Notre Dame and Arkansas, be- between geographic uh, interests. Um, and you can even play, you can play Louisville, Kentucky, too. I mean, I don't think we mentioned that one. Um, I think Western Michigan gets saved. And I think then you have BYU that you owe a game to anyways. And if, if, yeah. if the Pac-10 is not going to uh, play and you want to end out on the West Coast anyways, like this is start, it's starting to break. And, and I think, to be honest with you, the only thing I, I guess I fundamentally disagree with you about is Notre Dame is in the is it has the leverage. The ACC doesn't have the leverage. Notre Dame doesn't need the ACC to give them th- games. I don't think there's anything about leverage. I, that, that, that's my I guess that's. Well, if you're that's, if that's where you're losing you me said, is I, I don't think it's you a said, thing about leverage. But you said, I, I, I mean, I think they, at the at the ACC, the ACC is going to give the ACC them moves to the big if the ACC moves to the Big Ten uh, route. Then then you start talking about leverage because then that's keeping it an internal, and you can bring it Notre Dame in as an internal. But then you, if you're doing that for those reasons, you can't have externals. You can't have a Navy. You can't have a Western. So why would so you it's, even, it's, if it's you're doing it that way, what, why would you even have doing. a plus one? Because then if you enter in just one, one randomness or one outside force into it, it doesn't matter. It's like if you go somewhere, right, and just one person's not wearing a mask, well, the whole thing's fucked. So what's right. the point that, of having the lo- plus one? That's logical. So why would there's, a, there's, there's logic and then there's being able to explain something. But, but this that's whole, obviously logical, but there's logic and there's being able to say why you did something. Okay, I mean, so you okay. all three of us can agree that that's what Brendan just said is absolutely correct. And right. which I fullheartedly believe, but I also believe that you can just in 2020, you can say whatever the fuck you want as a reason and just sell it. Yeah, Even okay. if no one's so, buying it, that's the reason that so you're Josh, selling you it. Go. And I think that here, they can do that. Here you go, Josh. The ACC says, Hey, we want to keep this in house. So, we're not. We're only going to do. Con- we're going to do conference only. Notre Dame's like, all right. We already got six games with you guys. Now we'd like to get to ten, so we have four more to do. Oh, Navy's going to play. That's seven. Great. Um, Western Mission still ga- game. That's eight. See, but, okay. See great. now, there's, uh, right, there's BYU's, the leverage. BYU's right. interested. Okay, that's right, not there's okay. The leverage. Now they I got to figure out one more game. If they say we're only, and, that, and that's why I don't think that they're going to say. I, that's the leverage. If they say conference only, and Notre Dame's like, well, we're going to do this, this, and this too. Then it's not conference only. Then you got Georgia Tech but, that you. But you got, ACC will never withdraw those six games. They'll never do it because they they have to provide. It those would six be a games. breach of contract, would, and then immediately Notre Dame becomes a free agent. And then what stops Notre Dame and BYU from saying? But you're, hey, you but know you're looking what? at these, con- you're looking at these contracts. Why like don't we just go do it? I mean, let me play devil's advocate well. for just a second. You're looking at these contracts in the in the state of a normal world. We're not living in a normal world. All this stuff is going on is going to be going on all over the country. There's going to be Games and contracts fucking busted and broken all over the place. And the arguments are going to be is because we're in a global pandemic. So and this is what? an act of God. And these are so these, Josh, those things me, are built into contracts. So why does the Mac then get to be paid by the Big Ten teams to break contract? What's going to save the Mac's, Mac from an act of God being paid nothing this fall and being completely willing to take the money only, from whoever the, they the can? Only thing that would, the only thing that would save them is the reason why Ohio State plays – Basically nothing but Ohio, Ohio Mac schools, and that's as a, as a nod from the state, from the state uh, um, legislature educa- education education system, as a to help one another out. 
That's why, that's why Ohio State plays freaking every Mac school in the, in the state. They do it as a way to help out the rest of the state, you know, with their with their money. It's just it's an easy way. They do it without without there being a law, like South Carolina has, which is gonna which you know you want to talk about laws and contracts. Well, there's <laughs> yeah, know, Clemson, 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 and South Carolina in a in a bind right now with Fordham and fucking Citadel or whoever the hell else it is down there because of all that. Furman, yeah, Furman. Yeah, let yeah. me ask you a question though. Why does John Swafford get ahead of his skis then and say we'll help out Notre Dame? Like he came out today in his in his comment, and I don't have the exact comment in front of me, but basically says we'll assist Notre Dame in what what they need, right? Why? Why? Right, but you don't, you don't, we don't know, knows, we don't, we don't know the if, details of any conversation that he had well, with Jack Swafford. I understand, prior to, but if, prior, he's, prior to that. if he if he knows if he's upset that Notre Dame's continuing to play footsie with Navy, then he doesn't say he doesn't come out and say that today, right? Yeah, he's clearly he, not. He, but he didn't say that today. He said that. He said that a couple weeks ago. No, he said that no, no. today. He said, he right. said that he, today. Either way, either way, we don't know the details of the conversation that he had with Jack Swarbrick or any of the of the ACC schools prior to that to him saying that. So we have no idea what was said and what was and what wasn't said. And so, nothing has come, nothing has come out just to provide any detail to that effect. Circling back to the Mac, right? Because I, I think that's important. So what what obligations does Ohio State have to pay Buffalo football? And what obligations does Kansas State then have to play Buffalo football in order for their program to be kept afloat? Because if they don't play Kansas State and they don't play Ohio State and get those paydays out, um, well, they're not playing St. Francis University, the Red Flash, that's for sure. Well, um, this, this is where the real world, you know, hits the pavement here. They're not going to really care. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to care. I mean, so, I mean, so why I mean, couldn't Notre Dame schedule a game against Buffalo? Why would they? Just because to be nice? Maybe not to be nice, but you need to fill out your schedule. You can, and you can get to 10 games any way you want. You, you just have to games. survive That's this year. Point. You just need to survive this year. And the mm, ACC, a... I don't think, wants to – like, if you want to get Notre Dame into your conference, do you flex them during a pandemic? No, you didn't. No, Notre Dame – No. Hey, and I'm, look, I'm not exactly even saying ACC is flexing it. I, I think Jack – personally, I think Jack's leaning that way. I think if he can – I think if he – can secure Navy, he is open to whatever. I think they're they're almost indifferent to what's happening in the Pac-12 with with SC and with uh, Stanford, and it's just like the will, the, whatever happens happens. But you you know we all know how fucking adamant they are about playing Navy. I think that is the and being the first game of the season schedule right now. I, I don't know if that plays any role into it at all. Maybe some. But I think that is the number one priority for him as far as the start of the schedule. Everything after that, maybe he's open to it. We don't know. I mean, Alabama needs uh, a new opponent first week of the season. You know, again, we are yes. everyone's working. Uh, everyone's working on the fly on this because we've never had anything like this happen. So I think the only way they don't play Navy this year is because they don't play any games this year. I honestly, honestly believe right. that Na- Navy is staying on the schedule. All right, fellas, I have. I have wasted enough of my time. <laughs> Josh, thanks so, so much for coming on. Nope. Have a, uh, have fun, finish the podcast and uh, go Irish. Okay. They won't say cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good. That was a good, uh, you know, hot and heavy 15 minutes uh, with Josh. Uh, Brennan, it doesn't sound like maybe there's a lot of disagreement between you and I, and I'm, I'm still kind of laughing that I'm arguing so vociferously for something that's going to get blown up in our faces and, uh, what, what would you say? I mean, is it even going to take 10 days at this point? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that they would make any sort. 
if you were major college football, what um, what reason do you have to blow everything up in the month of July before even August hits? If they're going to blow it up, it's going to be like two weeks before the season. Well, let me right? let me turn that question around on you. What do you think precipitated the Big Ten's decision today? Like why why July 9th, not July 19th or August 9th or August yeah, 19th? Like, so okay. the Big Ten, can, and, and this is why you see the Pac-12 also following suit and probably the ACC will as well. But you see feet being dragged in the Big 12 and in the SEC. Well, did you see because Fortuna's comment, Matt Fortuna's comment tonight? He says that basically the the ACC is going to keep their powder dry for as long as possible. Right. That's what and I that, that was maybe. the SEC's approach, too. Right. It says that an administrative call tonight. The ACC has decided it is not yet ready to decide. Is decided is not yet ready to decide. That's a good word choice. Whether it will follow the Big Ten and go conference only. We are going to be patient. A person with knowledge of the situation tells the athletic. ACC admins want more time to figure out the best format. If they do end up going that way, some have echoed the concerns of other P5 leagues today and saying they felt the P5s would all be announcing such decisions together. Which, by the way, did you make that first time? Oh, yeah, which is like, which is great. You know, like Big Ten's like, ah, we don't need to consult with anybody. Buddy. Like we're just going to do what's best for us, for our member and, institutions. And I think that for that, and I think a lot of what drove the Big Ten's early decision in pulling the trigger in July and was precipitated on the Ivy League. And the Big Ten really does think of themselves as a Midwest Ivy League. And they, they hold their um, uh, institutions educationally sort of on the same Michigan thinks of themselves as right. The, the Harvard of the Midwest. And it, it is a, a lot of kids that don't get into Harvard. I do go to Michigan. I, that's why they have such a huge contingent of, um, you know, East coast kids. If that's a, I mean, that's a, that's an undisputed fact. Um, so I think that the big 10 sees themselves in such a light. And if Harvard makes that particular decision and power five schools are having to make arguments about, um, well, it's not just about dollars and cents. It's about the student athletes. The way that you do that is you make some sort of grandiose gesture to say, hey, we're going to control the situation by just doing it in conference, hoping people don't notice. Wait a minute. Years, there's 1,500 miles between <laughs> Nebraska uh, and Rutgers, <laughs> Nebraska and Rutgers from like, uh, you know, you know, groin to nip. It is. It's just. <laughs> And and you make that sort of like, you know, superficial gesture um, that you were probably going to need to do something anyway, because the season uh, I read some pretty good articles about how the season is going to be sort of college football a la carte, which is why I still think that they're I honestly think that they're at least going to start this thing uh, at some point in the mar- month of September. And it they're going to try. Like, I was going to say, it feels like an XFL thing where they're like, you know, well, obviously the XXFL didn't know this was coming, but it, it does feel like somebody's going to say, hey, let's just get it off the ground for a couple of weeks. It could it maybe it's not going to be as bad as we think it's going to be. You know what I mean? And then when it inevitably is, they'll say shut it down and we'll right. play two, th- two, three weeks of the season or whatever. But at least they'll have gotten two gates or three gates out of the whole <laughs> the whole affair. Right. If, you know what I mean? Like, and, like my, and money's still driving this whole thing. Right. ESPN will cut a check because they'll at least try at least a yeah. few checks. Right. Well, so, so, so I got question, a question for oh, oh, hold on. I got a question for you. If the, if the big 10, and I don't think we know the specifics of this yet, but if the big 10 goes conference only, does that mean that they intend to start the season later or they're just moving up games? How do, uh, how do you foresee this? Because I would assume that they would try to keep as much of the schedule intact. I intact. think that you, 
you but do you start moving things up? Okay. You have to flip every. So I saw a fantastic. Uh, um, I don't know the uh, the Vegas sports better, but somebody put out there like, um, so the Big Ten goes um, ten conference games. Uh, what what is the win expected win totals for every um, every Big Ten team? And I saw Michigan. The expected win total was five point five wins, and oh I, I audibly laughed out loud. Um, that you could put money down that Michigan doesn't win more than five games. So this is if if we're going to screw with schedules, if we're really going to blow this whole thing up and rearrange it, this is a tacit admission that there's not going to be fans. Right. Because there's no way you would do this oh, to your yeah, fans. No if, if they thought if Nebraska fans thought they were going to and I'm going to just pick on somebody randomly, Maryland on October 21st. And I have I doubt that's a game. But I'm just saying if they thought they were going to October and they've made all their plans for October 21st and then you were like, whoops. Uh, Maryland's actually coming to Omaha or whoops, uh, Nebraska's actually going to play two weeks earlier. Like that you're not, that's going to just piss everybody off unless you're just like, unless you're just saying, look, we're only doing this in front of essential staff, parents, of this, you know, and students and maybe faculty. Right. Like I, that, that's the thing is like, I, I just like, if you, if you, but the thing is, if you, the other part of me is like, if you say, and I don't know how many people have taken what I call the Notre Dame model and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, start two weeks earlier. We're going to skip all the breaks and we're going to make you go home around Thanksgiving. But if there's other big 10 schools that are going to do that whole thing, you know, August 10th or whatever, uh, and you don't start your football season until late September, early October with the conference games, like the whole thing could be shut down by uh, the other schools failing at it before you even get to play one game. Right. So you almost do have to move it up. You got to front you, load your schedule. I was going to say, I think you got to get as many games in August and September as possible before this thing shits the bed, right? There's no bye weeks. I, I think we can be pretty fair in that we're going to look at the season. There's not going to be any bye weeks. Part of me, if this season goes ahead, it is going to be the most fantastic documentary for how they end up putting all of the puzzle pieces for how this thing ends up going through. Because, I, I, I mean, you're going to have... Uh, schedules, like I said, there was a, I read, you know, a fantastic article about schedules a la carte where it's like, hey, can you play? Yeah, I can play. All right, let's do it. And if you're not having to worry about um, hotels, because I, I'll tell you what, um, <laughs> it's probably not tough to get a hotel right now. Yeah, probably. Um, but also, you don't need to worry about selling tickets. You don't need to worry about a lot of the other, like, you know, fiduciary nonsense that comes with putting a game together. You're just like, Hey, let's play football. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. We got a week to plan and you can game plan your week. And it's like, all right, I guess we're playing Maryland this week. Cool. Let's do it. Um, so I, that pe- pe- people getting rich off of this, right? The guy who, who, uh, created the, the schedule, um, like the dance card partner schedule app, I don't know if it's an app or a website or whatever that all the the college ads have like gravitated towards. Did you read that article in the Athletic maybe six months ago? This yeah. guy was like, "Hey, yeah. we should find you know we should figure out who has available dates and let them talk to each other or whatever." And so they all now use this app or whatever. That guy's getting tremendously rich right now. Uh, lawyers who are writing uh, a cl- ironclad contracts trying to figure out how they can basically <laughs> screw their dance partners into paying money if for some reason this bl- this blows up spectacularly, right? Like, oh, I, I would mean, think, I would think if I was like Michigan's lawyer, I'd be like, let's figure out a way to squeeze some money out of these schools or not pay money to some of these schools. Um, if it was like a buy game, um, if this whole thing, you know, goes sideways because it's going to go sideways. I mean, that that's the thing is like 
I think you have to prepare for contingencies that you've never written into contracts before. And it's going to be, you know, you might find out that, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so were going to play, but they couldn't, but their lawyers couldn't get it done. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't agree on terms. Just like how um, Baylor was supposed to play Notre Dame a couple in 2013. And then it just kind of like fizzled out. And I think it was just because they were like, well, we want it to be here. And then Notre Dame's like, well, we want it to be there. And, and Baylor's it was supposed like, no, to be a um, screw you. Uh, and then they got Arizona State instead, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be a Shamrock series. Yeah. So just like uh, Northwestern, for example, right? Yeah. They play Tulane, Central Michigan, and Morgan State out of Ooh. conference. The Bears. Okay. The Bears. Um, Northwestern operates the, – the la- so I was looking at Northwestern just as an example going through all this kind of stuff. Northwestern operates in the red at like $2.5 million. So Northwestern, the athletic department of Northwestern on a, the, the last, the 2018 season was in the red two and a half million dollars. Wow. So if Tulane, central Michigan and Morgan state, which I imagine that Northwestern is all paying at least $600,000 to. Right. If those three schools are like, Hey, we, you're not playing us, but we want our money. Northwestern's going to do everything in their power to not pay them. Right. Because you don't know if you're going to finish the season and you don't know if you're going to get the full, um, you know, B1G network contract. You don't know if ESPN or Fox is going to give you all of the money if you don't play the games. Right. Well, Especially that's the, that's the thing is if I'm Tulane's lawyer. I say hey, we're ready to play the game. Yeah, we have a deal. We're ready to play the game. And then they say, oh, sorry, chief. Uh, the big, you know, the Big Ten or whatever said we, we can't play the game or whatever. And it's like that sounds like a you problem, not an us problem. Pay us our money. You know, and, I don't, and I don't, these athletic departments are already like they lost March Madness money. Uh, they lost the entire summer athlete. And, and I mean, I know that summer sports don't make money. Um, still, you're looking at even defer. You're talking about defer. If you cancel the college football season, is college basketball starting on time? No, absolutely no. not. So you're deferring that you're punting that towards. Uh, the winter, but then when you start talking, you start talking about COVID in the winter. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So if you are Northwestern, that's already operating at a pretty big loss. You're going to try and get out of those contracts if you can get out of them. Um, so that is, it's going to be very interesting uh, how that whole thing plays out. I was thinking there are some provisions in contracts, if I remember correctly, that said basically um, parties can withdraw if it turns out that their conference adds games on them. Like uh, conference goes from eight game schedules to nine game schedules or whatever. I wonder if that kind of provision would play here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that makes sense. So so if your conference, mm, you know what, that that probably is the verbiage that they'll end up using. Um, Because I'd have to go back and look when the Big Ten moved from eight to nine, what sort of adjustments, because that was one of the things that press, um, you know, that precipitated Notre Dame's move away from Michigan and Michigan State is because the Big Ten, uh, Schwarbrick, Savvy Jack, uh, saw that coming and was able to, uh, because, you know, you wouldn't be able to keep sort of that Big Ten contingent they had when the Big Ten now, instead of having four out-of-conference games, only had three, and you want to get two guaranteed paydays at least. And then if you're Purdue or Michigan State, or especially Michigan, you're like, yeah, I don't want to have to play Notre Dame every year. So as my one um, non-guaranteed payday game. So Okay, so let me just read you 
the contract language between Notre Dame and Cal for their 2022 game. And the reason I'm grabbing this one is because it's the first one I found, but also because this language is pretty standard in a lot of the Notre Dame contracts that I've seen. And let me just read this to you and see if you think any of this would play in a, in a, in a COVID time. Cancellation. Neither party shall be considered to have breached this agreement for canceling the game on any of the following grounds. One, an act of God, national emergency, natural disaster, war, terrorism, civil unrest, or court order. Two, the discontinuance of the NCAA in its current form such that the parties are either no longer members of the same athletic association or no longer members of the same division of a common athletic association. Three, the party becomes obligated as a condition of athletic conference membership or affiliation for football to play a greater number of regular season games against conference-designated opponents than it is currently obligated to play against conference-designated opponents in the regular season of the canceled game, where the host institution is currently obligated to play five football games each regular season against conference-designated opponents as a condition of its affiliation with the Atlantic Coast Conference for football or for any other cause beyond the control of the party. That's the one. I don't think – I think that it gets kind of muddy when you talk about Act of God. Yeah, that's um, rough. Is, but how, I but don't how know. About the, how about the party becomes obligated as a condition of its athletic conference membership one. or affiliation to play a greater number of regular seasons? I think this that's going to be This it. is the wiggle and room, the Big right? Ten is The Big Ten is going to expand it to a 10-game conference, and by bumping it up to one, immediately they can null and void every single one of those other – yeah. Because the Big Ten says we need to have all three of those extra dates you have available, so everything else gets thrown. Away. I think that yeah, that's that's yeah. the one that that, that same uh, language exists in the 2021 uh, contract for Cincinnati, for example. So I'm I'm pretty sure if I were to look at Alabama here real quick, see if I can get the same exact thing here. Uh, yep, the same language exists in the Alabama 2028-2029. So I'm imagining this is pretty standard language that's going to allow some some wiggle room to happen here because maybe this is it. This is their out, right? They say, yeah. hey, I'm sorry, uh, we're going conference only. They're asking us to play more games. Uh, can't fit you in anymore, you know? And what is, um, the Mountain West and the MAC, because I, I imagine the fun belt um, – might have a little bit of they might end up uh, making some money off of the Big 12, perhaps if they decide to to leave it open and the um, SEC as well as the um, maybe the ACC. I don't know how they're going to end up going, but it sounds like they're probably going to go the route of the Pac-12 and the Big 10. Um, these mid-majors, they're toast, right? These conferences, they're without the paydays. If if the the these contracts are pretty. If there's specific of that one is, there's no way that the that the MAC conference schools are going to get their Big Ten paydays, right? And, yeah, and these and, are the life. The, this is the lifeblood of those schools. Those, and that's and that's the know, thing is, the, to me, my feeling is they'll cut football absolutely last. Football is the is the one revenue generator for most yes. of these schools, um, and so. You saw Stanford announce, I think yesterday, I believe, that 11 of their varsity sports would be cut. And, you know, I had some chuckles about, oh, there's such a thing as varsity squash because, you know, there was definitely squash in my high school. But I didn't realize that people could actually go to college for squash. I don't know if they give out scholarships or whatever, but, you know, squash, but but also some significant uh, men's and women's sports from Stanford, you know, and it wasn't just like rowing or squash or whatever. So 
I think you're going to see a bunch of this stuff. And we've seen that some of it already, right? In some places, Bowling Green, I think, was one of them. Cincinnati was another one. Um, I'm just trying to think of the other ones that we've seen so far. And, and to be honest with you, you're right. I think if they don't get these paydays that they were promised and they can't prevail in court, um, they're going to make some drastic cuts. And a lot of this is going to this is going to create huge holes in future schedules for a lot of uh, um, teams that are not football teams. So all of a sudden, basketball doesn't have a partner because the school's basketball team folded or baseball doesn't have yeah. a partner because the school's baseball team folded. I mean, I, this is going to have ramifications well beyond this year and it's going to take a couple of years to just sort it all out and then see if like it can make a uab type comeback um you know for some of these other auxiliary sports and i think we're also going to lose football for, at some places and and i i don't know that it's going to be power five but i think because i think probably a lot of them have a fair amount of cushion although i know that the cow was running in the red as well sure um, were but, uh, you know, I'm thinking FCS or, uh, you know, the maybe group of five. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. But, you know, those P- FCS, the, the, their lifeblood is playing those those body bag games. And um, I just I, I just don't think they can do without those those millions of dollars, um, which is unfortunate because I think that there's a place for a lot of opportunities for kids who aren't good enough for um you know, kind of the upper echelons of, of college football, but uh, there's a lot of great football that gets played on the FCS or division three or NAIA level. Um, you know, it's just, uh, that's too bad. So it is um, it, cause it's not just the, that you're losing a sport, but those kids are getting their scholarships taken the coaches are now unemployed and out of a job. All of the support staff are right. removed. So when Stanford does something like, cuts 11 programs and you say oh and you look at the the list of programs that are cut you go oh no big deal and then you think about you're like wait a minute all of those programs had at least partial scholarship athletes some some full but you know a lot of them are partial for some of the other sports and then what does it do with um things like title nine right uh for non-revenue generating sports Uh, you know what does it do to to women's sports that might not necessarily generate revenue do you then cut a men's sport um, to, to keep another women's sport open. Um, it, it, it is, it is, it's going to be muddy waters. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think that's one of the things that I, I, I really do honestly believe they are going to try and give this a go because the options are so grim. And if you think about spring and kicking football to the spring, oof, uh, what does that do to the 2021 season? Um, what does that do to roster, uh, composition for I just I, I just don't I, I understand the, just I understand the money rules today here and I guess I would never say never but pushing it to spring creates a whole bunch of comp, unnecessary complications uh, for for practical weather reasons like nobody's coming to a yeah. game in February and at, at Notre Dame Stadium like that ain't like that I mean well, okay diehards will but I, I just this is not a this is not a good situation for the Ohio Bobcats. You know what I mean? Like Kent State Golden Flashes, right? Like, um, and and so I just and again, we may not have we may not have enough information in December to make that call. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I understand the whole kicking the can down the road, buying yourself some time, buying yourself some information, but um, 
you know, college basketball is a, a, a big property for some of these schools. And I could see some of them with better basketball prospects than football prospects saying, hey, why are you trampling on basketball? Because that's where, you know, uh, maybe Kansas does better uh, with their basketball team. than There's they do a with their school near your near your residence, right? Yeah. I mean, that's quite possibly that, Cuse, you know, certainly right. The Cuse does better. So um, I just. I I think the spring thing maybe it's just me just personally just not wanting it to happen just because it's so janky but um I just I I don't see that being a logical conclusion because the other thing is and I think we might have talked about this in the last podcast but the NFL NFL basically came out and said we're not interested in moving our draft right right and, and why so would they? I I have no uh, to accommodate teams i i'm not i'm not i I can't think of a good reason why they would right and so you know players are going to have this this decision to make where if the season starts in december or january instead and the draft is in april do you play and if i'm trevor lawrence and i wanted to come out anyways i wanted to do maurice claret before you know but it wasn't allowed there's definitely no way i'm playing and if i'm justin fields i feel the same exact way and so to me, playing this, like, I almost re- liken it to the 1987 NFL football season where you had the scabs for four weeks. And right. you're like, this yeah. is football because they're currently wearing the Giants uniforms, but because they're losing every game. And I don't know any of the players because they literally just pulled them off the soup lines. Um, this doesn't feel like the actual authentic product, right? And so you're going to have a lot of players who are saying, I'm protecting my career. I can't. I can't sustain an injury um, because I can't, it'll take me a year to rehab. So I'll lose my whole rookie season for the NFL. I'm good enough right now. I'm going to sit out. And so you'll have this weird situation where it's like, okay, yeah, you beat Clemson, but they didn't have Travis ATN have Trevor Lawrence. And you know, this guy sat out and, Oh, you know, but, Oh, but okay. But you know, uh, I don't know, you know, Liam Eikenberg didn't play or who knows. And, And it just, the whole thing, you know, I think Eric Hansen said it best today, which is like, if you know what an asterisk is, you know that that's going to be applied to this season. That's because, why Notre Dame, if they win a national title in 20, if Notre Dame's the if they play season in 2020, Notre Dame is going to win that title because then it, it'll be an asterisk title. And that's just, that's just our luck, right? Well, that I mean, it's funny that you say that because I read both Eric Hansen's piece and Brian Driscoll's piece and Brian, Brian kind of said, one of the questions that remains is will Notre Dame, if it joins the ACC for one season, have access to the ACC championship. And he, he put it as a big question mark. Eric Hansen said he didn't think it would happen that they would say, okay, you're now eligible for the ACC championship. If I'm Notre Dame and I'm saying, wait a second, I'm playing all the ACC teams. Uh, you better count these as conference games. And you also better make me eligible for the ACC championship. Like if we're going to do this, what, you know, we're going to get in bed for a year. Let's get in bed all the way. You know what I mean? Like you might as well do it. Um, if you're going to, if you're fully going to invest in this, if you're going to, and I don't believe this will going to happen, but if you said like, all right, Stanford and USC are out. Uh, we're going to blow up our thing with Navy for one year. Uh, they'll understand, you know, they'll be back next year or whatever. And we're just going to grab the Syracuse Orange and the Miami Hurricanes and fit them in on our schedule or whatever. Um, that's fine. But if you're going to add ACC games, you better start saying to them, look, you know, we want we want ACC rights. 
You know, we want access the, to the conference championship. The one reason they can't do it is um, because the Notre Dame's ACC schedule is so lopsided that where do you put them? Do you put them in the Atlantic or the Coastal? Because you have to play the same amount of Atlantic or Coastal teams as the rest uh, of the Atlantic or Coastal fair point. conference. So it would be then, very difficult. It would be to, the 15th team, right? And so then all, one of the conferences would be lopsided too, right? And I, there's lopsided conferences. I think, isn't the uh, AAC lopsided? I think they are. Yeah, um, might be. Don't hold me to that. But um, they, in the Big the Big Ten used to have, well, they didn't have conferences. They had legends um, and leaders, right? They had legends and leaders. And, but that's when they added Nebraska to go to 12. Because they were right. famously 11 for a while. Um, yeah. Or maybe the ACC, if they do add Notre Dame, uh, they could do the Big 12 thing for just a season and say, and maybe this is the way the ACC goes, is they say, instead of doing conferences, and maybe they don't do conferences because they need to fill out 10 schedules, they just say, all right, top two teams rank-wise play regardless of Coastal or Atlantic. For the 2020 season, the ACC is going to be two top teams play in the conference championship game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, if there's if there's a will, there's a way. Right. And I think if there's a motivation, they could they could probably make this work. And look, everyone's going to complain and say this player wasn't starting because he had covid or this player, you know, this player sat out because of the NFL draft worries or this, you know, this whole thing or, you know, oh, Miami had a down year because they had players uh, who who were sick in the beginning and they never got the rhythm as a group. They never had that bonding experience. You know, like people are going right. to put all sorts of asterisks oh, on this yeah. season. If it even happens, right? If it even happens. Let's talk so, for a second. Let's, let's get past 2020 for a second. And let's just talk about 2021 because Jack Swarber came out with a statement today that said, we look forward to playing Wisconsin at Soldier Field in 2021. And Barry Alvarez and I are committed and Barry is obviously the athletic director of Wisconsin are committed to scheduling a game at Lambeau Field in the future. Right. So it just sounds like they're going to they're going to flip this, which is they're going to move this 2020 Lambeau Field game to whatever the next opening is on their schedule. And we certainly could look that up and, and try to figure out what that might be. But um, what do you think? Good move. I mean, I think we were hoping for pushing them on the campuses, but that's honestly, it honestly doesn't look like that. It looks like it's gone by the wayside. But it looks like Wisconsin is still committed to playing the game, but it's just a weird predicament for Notre Dame because usually they get their game first. And then if something shits the bed, then it's like sort of incumbent on the other team. Now, this time it's Notre Dame who has to play the game and hope that Wisconsin makes good on the promise. Yeah, If you're Wisconsin, you want that Soldier Field payday and you want to eventually have because it's a marquee um, it's a marquee scheduling uh, proposition for the Badgers that if, if you look at Wisconsin's um, future schedules, it's not like they have, um, you know, they have they have some pretty interesting uh, future opponents, but it's not like Notre Dame's is where every year it's something interesting. If you look at let's just pick a random year, um, 2023, they play Buffalo at Washington State and Georgia Southern. <laughs> they do they do bring Alabama in for 2024 and 2025, but 2026 is Pitt. 20 29 and 2030 is the next scheduled opponents they have is UCLA. I mean, from 2028 and 20 or 2028, they have an open date. Um, so Notre Dame could certainly slide right on in there. But, uh, but I gotta say that would be just as a Notre Dame fan and be totally selfish about that. That would be t- 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 uh, terribly disappointing to take a game that you expected to see in 2020 and move it out 
maybe eight, nine, 10 years. Right. That's, that feels like, uh, I'm not saying you got to move heaven and earth, but at the same time, can we, is Georgia Southern a game that you need to keep? Like, you know, is there movement there? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that the, the more difficult aspect is what, who does know? I mean, UNLV could be a potential team that in 2022, they could certainly get out of Marshall or UNLV uh, if they want to, obviously they can't get out of Cal um, because that contracts, uh, you know, locked tight. But (laughs) if they wanted to put Wisconsin on the 2022 schedule, you know what? I think the 2022 schedule, um, sure. Let's play Ohio state, Wisconsin, Clemson, (laughs) USC and Stanford and Cal. And let's, let's yeah, let's let's weird. do that. Let's yeah, get let's weird. get weird. As the solid verbal says. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mean, you're right. You're right. Maybe these things are there's so many cakes that have been baked that yeah. you just say to them, look, the the date that works best for us is October whatever of 2028 or 2029 or something like that. I mean, 2028. No, that's Alabama. That's Alabama. Clemson. Yeah, it's Alabama yeah. and Clemson. Although, oh boy. Although and Miami for whatever Miami can, is. I guess I would say lock could change in 10 years, right? Clemson couldn't be Clemson. Alabama could be Alabama. Like we think that they're going to be great, but we didn't know Clemson was going to be great at the beginning of the 2010s even, you know? So a lot of of stuff can change in that time. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about like just that Notre Dame isn't usually for lack of a better term, sucking hind teat on, on contracts. They usually get their, their, their Notre Dame game at Notre Dame stadium first and in this instance, the Lambeau game was going to be their home game. And now it's like a, OK, we're going to honor the second half of this contract and let's see if we can figure out the first half, you know. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, despite this kind of being an, it's kind of a running bit on one foot down with me in the BYU game. Like this seems like the year that you could probably make good on that BYU game because BYU is going to be looking for a lot of dance partners on its card. Um, you know, things blow up spectacularly here and Notre Dame, I think that they're going to be looking to backfill one, possibly two games. So can I tell you how perfect it is? Can I tell you how perfect it is? Yeah, please. Who who does Notre Dame play on November 28th and where is it played? Were they? Uh, It's USC. Yeah, USC. Do you know who BYU is scheduled to play on November 28th? At Stanford. Uh, Oh, perfect. There you go. We make that return because for, first off, we can make that return trip to Provo um, that that we promised them. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter where we play the game, right? Because nobody's getting gate returns anyway. Right. Not exactly. So do them. so do play it in Provo. I think. Yeah. I let's think, get this yeah. all of the way. Let's get this. You know, this has been a Burr and, and Jack Swarbrick saddle since they made the they made the agreement a billion and six years ago. So let's let's get it done. I. Look, if there's a season this year, I feel confident that they're going to wiggle big BYU. Uh, well, I guess I should say contingent on the Pac-10, tw- Pac Pac-12, sorry, uh, saying we're going conference only, which is what it, I guess the rumblings are, right? I, I don't think it's yeah. been confirmed. I think it's just rumblings at this point. So, if, so if, Mike, I, if, I have a question for you, Jude. Sure. Um, and, and there's been a lot of if we play and if we play. All right. If they play, what is so? What is a worst case scenario for a game? So the the rules are is that before or every 
going to follow the same as it does for the NFL and it does for Major League Baseball and soccer and football and hockey and all the professional sports where before games, everybody gets tested. Mandatory. Everyone gets tested. Right. You know, 48 hours before the game. So and then that 48 hours, you're, the, the players are in essential, you know, they are in quarantine leading up to the game. So what are the pitfalls that would necessitate a season needing to be canceled? That's fun because Greg and I talked about this one day and we try to, we try to like put math behind it. Right. And his number, my number was, were way different. I was thinking like 1200 players across the league. Uh, and he was thinking like a hundred players across the league. And so I thought, well, if you spread them out, 1200 players isn't, isn't a lot. Um, but he was saying, look, the first person that gets seriously ill or put on a ventilator or I'm not going to put words in Greg's mouth. This is what I took away from him. I guess this is what I inferred from what he was saying. The first person that gets sick or on a ventilator or God forbid dies. Everyone's going to say, why are we playing this stupid game? Right. This is not worth anyone's health. So we've all thought about the young invincibles and okay, they're going to quarantine for two weeks and they're going to be absolutely fine. Just like that one um, player who from Notre Dame who apparently tested positive, but now is okay. Um, But not everybody's body's built the same way. And some people have underlying conditions and sometimes, you know, we don't know the extent of what this, you know, when people, I've read some articles about herd immunity and my takeaway is we just don't know enough about what this does long-term to the lungs to say that this would be a good idea for everybody to get it or for you to purposely get it. And I think that any program that was trying to get its players to purposely get it early, worst idea I've ever, that would be, that'd be a fireable offense in my book. Absolutely. So to answer your question, I think that the thing that's going to that's going to be rough for individual teams is if they don't all get sick at once. And if it becomes this drawn out thing where every game you're losing four to eight players that are maybe not first stringers, but essential to your game plan. Right. So a couple of starters, a couple of guys, you know, rotational guys on the defensive line or whatever. And you just do this for weeks on end and it's just a slog because you never have any continuity and you're finding out Thursday, you know, 48 hours before games. Oh, this guy that we had game plan on, he's not going to be able to play the game. And by the way, we didn't know he was sick because he was asymptomatic. He's shown no actual ill effects, but he's testing positive for COVID. Right. And so that, that becomes, that becomes an issue. Um, I think it becomes an issue if for some reason, a team that was doing really well, let's say Notre Dame goes into the season, and I'm not saying this, but let's say Notre Dame goes into the season still, still with zero, right? And they start the season with, with zero people. And then they play their first game against Navy, and they come out with 12 people, you know, the ne- next time they get tested or whatever. Then there's going to be this like, oh, my God, why did we play Navy? What was Navy doing? They were – and this is the only point, like, you know, Josh says, oh – we want to keep it in conference. We want to keep it in house. Like we can, we can develop protocols that everybody will follow and stuff like that. And I understand how that sounds good on paper. Um, but you know, some schools are going to be super rigid. Some schools are going to be kind of lax, uh, or not as rigid. And, you know, some, some students are going to party at the bars. Some of them are going to take it seriously. Like you just, like you said earlier, just it, it, there's too much stuff that goes sideways. And so, 
the first time that you come out of a game where you played a team that like you didn't care about, like a Western Michigan, and you got in 26 players are now testing positive for COVID, you're going to be like, okay, well, we're screwed for the next two weeks. Yeah. Games that like we actually need these players uh, because we let them play against Mich- Western Michigan. And I wonder if there's going to be like an NFL style, like we made the playoffs. Now we're going to rest our starters. We're going to keep them away from practices. You know what I mean? Like not a bad, well, cause there's, there'll be that 48 hour cause tests typically take 48 hours for the results to come up. So they're going to be testing these kids on Thursday. And so if schools are playing it above the board, the players probably are going to, if they were to get it, they would find out before they even played the games. They would be getting it on campuses, we would hope. So the way that it would break sideways, like you said, is if another, if you came out of a game against a school and you had like 26 players test positive, then you got to shut shit down because it came from playing the actual sport, which right. is what the testing is supposed to prevent because – I mean, I saw over the weekend in my state, um, they're calling Diamond Lake, uh, Lake COVID these days, because uh, they were um, elbow to elbow. And um, you probably could have fit the amount of masks in, in that pool party uh, inside of an entire lake. You probably could have put the, put the, the entirety of all of the masks in that pool uh, in a two liter bottle. It was, uh, and yeah. college kids are going to be college kids. And I think that's, I, I believe we saw at least one Notre Dame football player who was up there partying, right? Made, um, the, made the news. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, that the other thing, the other thing is, um, what happens if maybe the football team isn't adversely affected because they're doing quarantines in hotels or somehow isolating from the rest of the student body, or maybe just, maybe they bought in on this whole, like you need to, you know, mask up and be diligent or whatever, but their school is so bad that the school decides to shut down or the school is like, uh, we got to go to distance learning. Like at at some point you got to say, why are we playing a football? Why are we making kids, stay on campus and practice if, if it's not safe enough for their, for their, um, for their fellow classmates to be here. Right. Is it, I I guess that's a pretty interesting. Because Jack Swarbrick said earlier this year, we're not going to have college football if we don't have college kids on campus. Right. And when they announced that they were going to have kids on campus, I was like, all right, we're going to play football guaranteed. Right. But if that is in question, which I don't know if you've seen the most recent um, thing for Notre Dame, but all no, all incoming students for the 2020 academic calendar year, you have, be tested. To take, you have to test. And if yeah. you fail your test, you have to self-quarantine. You have you're, you can't come on campus for 14 days. OK, so. great. And how, how are they doing with that with the South Bend community that they're going to oh. be interacting with? I'm sure the South Bend community has been masking up and taking <laughs> very seriously. And uh, I mean, following. look, look, look I, I'm not even t- like the bars are one totally one thing. I mean, bars are like cesspools and stuff. But like, are you just are you saying no to all community service? Yeah. You know, are you saying basically you can't, um, you know, take the developmentally disabled kids to go bowling? You know, when was the last time you took Eucharist, man? 
uh, last Sunday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, I have uh, I'm I'm in you know I'm in a, a total uh, you know we're less than two and a half weeks out for uh, kid oh, number yeah. three. So if we yeah if we test. So we've been basically just in a bubble in a bubble. But, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that you can do any of that if you're a player, and it's, and which kind of stinks because for That's somebody like Dalen Hayes, for somebody like Dalen Hayes, this was like you know with with um, you know the Juneteenth, and it would have been fantastic for him to pivot and the things he could have done in the community. And I don't think that you, I don't think that you can responsibly take that sort of that risk at this point. Right. Well, that's the other thing is what happens if we, what is the arbitrary cutoff to grant these kids another year of eligibility? If, what if, some, Lee schools get, do, if right? some schools get six games in and some schools get four games in and some schools get no games in or whatever, like, is everybody going to be treated the same? I don't know. What does Lee Meikenberg do who desperate? I don't think he desperately needs. Uh, I mean, he would get drafted, but Lee Meikenberg could play himself. If he plays well enough this season, he could play himself into the end of the first round, early second round as a draft pick. Right. I don't think that that's outside of the realm of possibility. I don't I don't know if it's outside the realm of possibility. I just wouldn't put it as a high probability at this point. Right. But I mean, it's it's certainly something that he uh, Um. I mean, Kramer is somebody who probably wants to right so you start uh, you start asking yourself these questions which is like do guys feel like they have enough on tape do they say look everyone's going this maybe they look around and say what are the other guards doing what are the other tackles doing like maybe in book saying what are the other qbs doing because if i if i feel like i don't have enough on tape right now but everybody's sitting does that make me want to sit or does that make me want to play you know, and I don't know, obviously the answer has got to be individual for, for each one of them or whatever. But if you think, you know, if you think, well, I can pr- improve my position where everyone's saying, well, you know what? I know what I'm getting in Ian Book because he played six games last year, right, before they shut this thing down. So I know that he's played, you know, in 36 games or whatever the, the number would be at that point, right? Um but meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence has been cooling his heels for a whole year. So he's great, but he hasn't he hasn't faced live combat. He hasn't faced live bullets and, you know, since the, you know, the playoff game or whatever. Like, is that is that a is that something that you have to take into consideration? What do you think? I think so. I, th- I mean, hmm, well, because people were talking about how Jadavian Clowney, remember when they were saying, oh, Jadavian Clowney doesn't even need to play football. And Maurice Claret, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't even play football for a year before he got drafted. He sat out his entire sophomore year and then got drafted right. uh, as a junior. Played, and Mike, Mike, William, Mike Williams uh, famously did it at USC as well. And um, it didn't go so well for <clears throat> the team that drafted him. Um so, yeah, it. I don't know, because if so, let's say they don't play, um, they, they play the things and granting, um, you know, additional years. Do you give Alina Meikenberg, Ian Book and, and, you know, Adi Ogundeji and Tommy Kramer, fifth year kids? Do you give them a six year? Do they come back for a six year? Do they play six years? What 
What would happen? Give Sean there? Crawford a seventh year? Do, does Sean Crawford get? You're now you're asking the real questions. <laughs> is Sean Crawford here for seven years? You know, a lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're yeah, called they're doctors. Called doctors. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I look. I think these are all, all considerations that you have to take. Where you where where at some point you just say, look, I don't think coming back for a sixth year or a fifth year or whatever or seventh year is going to make a damn bit of difference. It's time for me to get on with my life. And it, whether that includes the NFL or not, like I just need to not be in college anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, that, that, that's a decision that has to be made. I like, and the women's lacrosse team, like all their fifth years came back for another year. So they're like, like they're sick. They're now sixth years and all their seniors came back to be fifth years. And it's like, they're going to be a great team because they were a great team last year. You know, but do they give um, scholarship forgiveness? Are they giving scholarship for uh, is is the NCAA saying we're going to float you extra scholarships? Would they do that for football? Would they say, hey, because of the extenuating circumstances that it was COVID-19, the 2021 football season is going to a lot each school 90 scholarships? It's the sixty four thousand dollar question that I'm not sure we can answer. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's a great question that. They, I, I could see them going either way. I could see them saying, look, it's just time to move on. It will screw too many things up. Or they could say anybody who wants to gets a, it's a free year. They just, you know, they got, they got to apply or whatever. And then I, I don't know if schools have that in their budget. I don't know if schools can be like, oh yeah, we can float an extra 10 people or five people on scholarship. Like maybe they're like, wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's, if they're welcome back or, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I guess I wouldn't presume to know how that works, but it's it's I think it's a fascinating question, nevertheless. So there. I guess the, one one other thing I wanted to um, touch on as well is, and we haven't we haven't gotten a whole bunch of it, but what do you make of these conference vultures that have <laughs> we touched on a little bit with Joshua's here? These guys that are out there, uh, you know, Louisville uh, Sports Talk Radio. Um, uh, you know, Taj Boyd, who, for whatever reason, just cannot stand Notre Dame. What do, what do you think of these vultures who are out there saying that Notre Dame, this is, this is finally the time? Uh, I think that Alex Kirshner said it the best today when he said, the coolest thing about Notre Dame is they're not in a conference. They schedule well and get no competitive benefit from not being in one. Conferences aren't even real. They're entities designed to make TV money. The make Notre Dame join a conference thing is silly. I enjoy making fun of Notre Dame as, the, as much as the next person, but we don't have to pretend their indie schedule strength isn't good. It's always good, and sometimes it's great. Sorry they don't have to beat Nebraska in a lifeless NFL stadium in December yes. to prove it. Right? I mean, look, we're, we're homers. We're obviously biased about this or whatever. But I, this, this whole, you should force Notre Dame to join a conference. This is your year. Like, I, maybe I'm just seeing it through Irish tinted glasses, but I just don't see the leverage that other people think that that exists there. You know, I think, look, if we had super conferences, there were 16 teams or whatever, and this was your only path to the playoff or something like that, that those to me would be real things about, okay, we're going to have to take a hard look at if we need to be in one of these super conferences. Like, you know, that's a very real possibility. But as long as the NCAA continues this, like, well, Notre Dame can get in if their their you know if their record and their strength of schedule is good enough, um, and the ACC continues to say, hey, we can give you games, and you're not going to be in our conference championship, but 
um, you know, we can guarantee you games and stuff like that. Like I, I read the Pete Sampson article last year. I, I think it makes a lot more dollars and cents for Notre Dame to remain independent. It's a big part of their identity. And I, I just, I don't think people really understand that. I think they, they see it as a haughty thing. Um, but I also think that if their school was in the same exact circumstance, they would want their school to do that. That's the thing that I never understand. Like if you root for Arkansas and Arkansas had a chance to be, um, an independent and get what the deal that Notre Dame's getting, like, why would you not want that? You'd be like, no, I'm sorry. Getting my ass kicked by Alabama is just too important. Like, I, I don't get it. Right. Nothing that would differentiate you from uh, Mississippi State or, uh, you know, any other any other school in your conference. Like, yeah, that that's the correct take. The one thing that does worry me about this, and I think that these um, Notre Dame join a conference bros, uh, I guess. As they are. I think that they're looking at it wrong is they're trying to say that the AC, if their play is for the ACC to flex them because of COVID, it makes them look ghoulish, right? Using a pandemic to sort of uh, further uh, never saw a good uh, tragedy they couldn't utilize. Um, The worry I have is that in a post COVID world where athletic departments potentially have been gutted and, the landscape has certainly, you know, this post-apocalyptic college football landscape that we're going to find ourselves in. In order to make money, there might be an instance where maybe Northwestern can't afford to stay in the athletics game, and they'd rather just hang on to producing the world with all of their sports writers (laughs) and (laughs) research, uh, research grants, and maybe sports isn't for them, and then dip down a level. They can't hack it with, you know, have the, the spending in the, the arms race. And that maybe in a after this year and athletic departments have been gutted, the viable and maybe the group of because it's really going to when if the group of five starts taking or the power or the group of six starts taking hits. Does Notre Dame have to join a super conference because that's the direction that major college athletics is forced to pivot toward? And yeah. that's my concern. To be honest with you, I thought before we got to that, we would get to a lot of ADs saying, why are we killing ourselves getting out to Texas to play X team? And because I don't think the return on, on the benefit is there. Like, you know, why, why am I in this conference with this team that's not geographically aligned with me? Like, why am I, you know, why am I going out to El Paso um, when I don't, when I could join something that would make a little, little bit more sense from a geographic standpoint. And I wonder if there wouldn't be some realignments that, that come out of COVID because where people are like, look, we just need to reduce our travel budgets and we want to play a lot more teams in the Northeast because we're a Northeast team. We right. want to stop playing teams all across the Atlantic coast. And Oh, by the way, in some in the Midwest too, you know? And we want to yeah. stop going to we want to stop going to California because it doesn't make sense for us to to go to California, right? Like, so you're you're I saying was, that a trip from Annapolis to perhaps Houston, uh, it, when you look at the AAC, which is a conference that right. is geographically very diverse for being on the smaller end, because they had bigger designs when they were you know they were the former Big East. 
um, you know, they had bigger designs and they hoped to be a power six school. But yeah, that's that's true. I, I didn't think right. that. like when when Connecticut plays Houston, do they think to themselves, there's got to be a better way to do this? We should be playing Boston College. We should be playing um, Rutgers, you know, Maine. I, I, you know what I mean? Like I, like maybe it's it, like you said, dipping down a level. You know, maybe they're just sitting there going, we're killing ourselves going out for these games that nobody's attending, that we're getting beat up in. And maybe we owe it to ourselves to schedule a little bit more regionally so that we can save on some of these ridiculous costs that are being incurred by not only flying all our players out, but, you know, sending our our 18 wheelers (laughs) across the country with all of our equipment. Right. Um, And it's the, the the. So one one component and why I don't one big thing we haven't even touched on the fact that high school football is not going to happen this year, which yeah, that, the ramifications for recruiting. And I think I, so I, I, this was what I have been pounding before a lot of this stuff was is I, I didn't think college fo- high school football was going to happen in the, the recruiting ramifications. But and one of the reasons why I don't think high school can happen is for a large reason why a lot of the lesser – like an Ivy League punts hoping for a vaccine that may or may not come. Um, but you're going to have – schools are going to have to be spending um, an exorbitant amount of money in testing to be able to test for players multiple times during the week, including what would – have to be a mandatory test in that 48 hours beforehand, but you're having to test all staff and players that you're traveling with. So are teams traveling with less players to cut costs? Cause they don't want to, you know, you, you do have a travel roster separate from your home roster, but is it even lessened? I don't know. Cause the, the COVID testing, I, I, I think it might be up to six figures just for a week of COVID testing for a team. I don't, I don't, I don't know the, I can look it up, but it's, it's not <laughs> cheap. Right. Yeah, I, it's all sorts of, you know, I think Eric Hansen laid it out in his story today, which is like, we still don't know the parameters on how much they're going to be tested, uh, when they're tested, what's the protocol for if you, you have a, a, you know, a test, a positive test, like what's what's the what's the game plan? You know what I mean? And what happens if a coach tests positive and what happens if, you know, this there's so much stuff that we don't know the answers to that have yet to be resolved. And some of these are going to be done on an in, uh, college by college basis. And some of them are going to be done by on a conference by conference basis. And so I guess that's a kind of point in Josh's favor when he was saying, look, if you, if you can standardize it across the a- ACC, then you know what you're getting into. Okay. We all agreed to test all of our players on X days. Um, you know, results must be due by blah, 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 or whatever. And then you got, you all know coming in like, okay, guys, like, you know, the reason so-and-so is not playing today is because he's test he's tested positive. So we're keeping him out precautionary. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so you have that, whereas like you may not be able to make that, um, or you may not be able to feel that level of comfort with a school outside of your, outside of your conference. So I get where Josh is coming from. I just, the way that Notre Dame is continuing to have discussions with Navy, like they, to be honest with you, like Jack Swarbrick's comment at all didn't seem at all thrown by the Wisconsin announcement today. He just was like, I feel like he's he's known this is coming for weeks, if not months. And he's that's why I think Brian Kelly even alluded to it. You know, we want the game at Lambeau, but we're we're going to be making contingencies just in case it doesn't happen. 
And if you were Notre Dame, you have to be one step ahead of everybody else. And that's yeah, what's nobody, a lot. Nobody's going to do it for you, you yeah. know, and especially since you just you your 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 uh, head priest came out and, and wrote a New York Times editorial saying that we have a moral obligation to educate students in person. Like, I hope that doesn't make them so stubborn that they give up later than everybody else. I hope if it if this is starting to go sideways for them or for the South Bend community that they shut this down and they move to online only. And as much as a bummer that would be for all the students uh, who want to be on campus, you know, health and safety of these students is, is way more paramount. Like we just, nobody deserves to die for pursuing an education and certainly nobody deserves to die for, for playing a silly game like football for our entertainment. You know what I mean? So I hope that, I hope that you know college coaches do the right thing. I'm I'm scared to death that we're going to find out after the fact, and I don't think it's going to be Brian Kelly. But I, I find, I'm scared to death we're going to find out some college coach was saying, "Oh well, that's a false positive. We're playing him anyways. He's fine." Or you know, we tested his fever out, and he didn't even have a fever. You know what I mean? And like so, I don't know. And then you find out he infected 15 kids when he was on the field. You know, it just that stuff can't happen, and I hope it really doesn't happen. But I think anytime that there's big money involved and people are looking to get a competitive advantage any way that they can, some of them take shortcuts. And So you're you know, definitely not on the record as saying that when Notre Dame plays Georgia Tech on November 14th, that they might be going without most of their starters, right? You're not saying <laughs> Well, they'll be going without most of their starters because that game will never get played. But right, you know, right, that's, right. That, that's what I'm on record about. So I that's did find... Like, I did find that it's it's about a hundred thousand uh, dollars for uh, COVID uh, expenses, including testing supplies. That's what um, East Carolina is paying. But the AD of East Carolina said that he foresees some schools spending up to half a million dollars on COVID testing and supplies for the 2020-2021 athletic season. And by so not the way, just by the way, um, where are these tests going to? Are they going to St. Joe County Hospital? I don't know if that's such a thing exists, but like who's actually doing this? Are they hiring their own independent lab? Is that lab also doing Purdue's like like there's a question, right? What happens if there's a backlog and it's like you thought you were going to get results on Thursday afternoon and they don't come in until Friday morning or Friday afternoon or Saturday morning? You know what I mean? Like what happens then? Because, oh, by the way, regular people are getting tested and the whole system is overloaded. So, so you're asking what if, uh, like, Ryan steroid test, uh, somebody brought the, the test home with them, and then it's validated the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got Ian Book's uh, COVID test right here. I'm just going to – I, you know, I ran out of time at, at the office. So I'm just going to test it at home. So. Tested, yeah, I'll bring it back in the morning. Oh, he's good. He tested yeah. the negative. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, look. We had a good time talking about things that may or may not happen. Um, obviously, this is a, a moving target. I think, you know, Carter Carls from the South Bend Tribune said something today, you know, basically how people are overreacting on every little piece of news. Um, you know, we did an emergency pod tonight, so I guess maybe you can you can accuse us of such. Um, but what, as it stands right now, do you have any other thoughts that weren't encompassed by our conversation that you think are worth sharing? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm on team Carter is we do live in a 24 hour news cycle 
and everything changes so quickly and we want to have answers and we want to be the first ones to have the answers and we want to be the ones that are right. We want to be proven right. So we root for certain outcomes and we look for certain things where it does exist or it doesn't exist. And we try and I think that sometimes and I kind of like they might get the I do like the fact that the ACC is sort of waiting for the to read the tea leaves and to let the dust settle a little bit. I I think that the Big Ten, um, it certainly made a very exciting uh, Thursday. And here we are tonight because of it. But um, I'm hopeful that we're going to have a season. I don't know if they're going to finish the season, <laughs> uh, but. I mean, I just think that we need to sometimes just step back and let these things sort of progress. The season, like I said, it's not for a full two months. So the world two months ago was certainly different and we had a different outlook on what things were going to look like. So maybe this is maybe this was the wake up call that a lot of people in this country needed who like college football and maybe weren't taking things serious enough. And hopefully they'll start taking it more seriously and we can get this thing back under control and then we can hopefully have a college football season that lasts through most of the fall. Um, I do want to read. Uh, we did have a review, so I do want to read that. Um, it was from, wow, username. Hell of a username here. It was uh, 123321123321467. So thank you. I'm not going to repeat that number again. It says uh, perfect schedule 2020. Hey guys, really love the show. I was wondering if you guys would talk a little about if you could make a perfect schedule for this upcoming season, what would it look like up to you? If the Navy life debt and the ACC requirements are also in place, mine would be as follows. And he says, he or she says Michigan uh, parentheses, get the bad taste out of our mouth. Purdue state championship leg one at Auburn, at Auburn, cool road environment at UNC. Miami, again, get the bad taste out of our mouth. BC at Wisconsin. MSU, rival in a down year. Virginia, Clemson at Indiana State Championship leg two at USC, finishing California. So, Brendan, I put the ball in your court first. Um, I guess in this in this 2020 incarnation, COVID-19 doesn't exist and everybody's just free to play at any time. Um, it's like the uh, NCAA 2014 schedule. There you go. This is Perfect. how I would um, technically, if the Big Ten allowed for it, you could play. If it was a regional thing, they're not going to play Washington because Michigan was opening their season at Washington. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I look at the schedule and uh, it looks very daunting. Uh, just just taking a quick peek at it. Um <laughs> Clemson, Wisconsin, and Auburn, and in in Michigan in the same year. That that's and on USC. I mean, that's rough. It's rough. I think Virginia's going to be all right this year, uh, maybe. Um, so yeah, it could be UNC will be pretty good too. Um, you know, they well, have the best recruiting. I was going to say Mac Brown is out out there recruiting. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a team better in college athletics right now than UNC. And it's um, COVID or. Oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, both, uh, <laughs> both four-star talent and um, uh, attracting COVID, uh, both, both of the same things. Um, I, I mean, it's that schedule would be pretty sexy. Uh, we talk, I see we've talked about this before, but like 
you know, what this uh, this reviewer is, is actually doing is is kind of hearkening back to what we used to do, which is play a lot of Big Ten teams, Michigan, Purdue, uh, Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, they're all on schedule, and then we add Wisconsin. That's four Big Ten teams in a single year. Oh, and Indiana, five Big Ten teams in a single year. So that's a pretty big – I mean, this person's basically advocating for us to join the Big Ten. So I don't know how I feel about that, but um, I would say I am looking forward to seeing Purdue back on schedule. I'm looking forward to seeing Michigan State back on the schedule. I think Michigan should return to the schedule. I'm not sure I would want them all uh, – in one year. Um, I like Auburn. I love the idea of Auburn. I'd love to play a team like Oklahoma state or TCU. Um, you know, maybe some, a team that they haven't played, but it's actually, uh, good slash great. Um, so I, lo- I love those kind of games. I don't feel beholden. If this is my perfect schedule, I don't feel beholden to Navy. Certainly. I don't feel beholden to the ACC. Um, you know, I don't know that I I necessarily would would put Clemson on there, although that's kind of maybe the new rivalry. But I'll uh, tell you right now, it's it's an it's an even season, so Auburn's gonna stink because Auburn stinks in even seasons. There you go. So, okay. But the problem I find with the schedule is Indiana's a loss. I'm just gonna chalk it up right now. Indiana on that schedule, there is a zero percent chance that sandwiched between Clemson and, <laughs> Clemson and USC. USC. Yeah. That Notre Dame beats Clemson, let's say, and goes into a game in, um, you know, in Bloomington, in sleepy Bloomington, and plays a game against Indiana, against Windiana. That game's an L. Secretly decent Indiana. Yeah. Secretly decent, like a, you know, at that point, maybe a seven and four Indiana team. And then, you know, or six and four Indiana team and, and Notre Dame is absolutely going to grab that L. Ruining an otherwise perfect season going into the USC, USC game. That's that 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 schedule is 11 and one with a loss to Indiana. And they miss the college football playoff because Clemson will take the spot instead. So if you were to design a perfect schedule and I'm not asking you to, to pick 12 weeks right now, unless unless you've already written it down, but. If you were to design a perfect schedule, what kind of elements maybe and maybe if you want to talk about specific teams, that's great. But what would you like to see on a if you were in charge and, and everybody was open to you? Well, I would I would adopt the uh, um, SEC model of eight, four, right? Eight home games, four road games. There you go. Uh, and then if you're going to do the best one, you want every third game being difficult. So it, it insulates all of your games and then take the hope the ACC schedulers schedule it for you. So you get, a, uh, you know, all of your opponents uh, don't get a bye week, uh, the opposite of the ACC. So make sure you don't get teams, though. The bye week didn't really help Notre Dame against Michigan last year, did it? Sure didn't. <laughs> nope. No. And then as far as the teams go, you only need three good teams on your schedule and the rest can be trash. Really, you only need two good teams, right? Yeah, if you win, if you, like Ohio State's model is you, you play two good teams uh, and, and let's play or Alabama, you know, you play your conference. And then nobody else. Do you have a perfect schedule in mind? You know, I felt like I wrote about this either for for one foot down or for HLS back in the day, and I can't find it. So we've t- I know we've talked about this on and off. Um, 
I, I'm kind of with you philosophically. I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy with the, with the, Oh, we've never played this team and let's play them at a neutral site and put a lot of travel on the schedule. I, I want to have some, um, some traditional people like play at Purdue um, because I don't think Purdue is going to be especially good, but that Purdue uh, matchup means something to both Notre Dame fans and Purdue fans. So yeah. that I want to get a, cu- a couple of those games in, maybe like a pit game or something like that. Um, although I fear weaponizing uh, the pit weapon, but uh, but then I want to throw a couple of fun sprinkles in there. And I like the I like this commenters at Auburn thing. I'm not sure I want to go to Auburn, but I definitely want to see them play Auburn. Um, you know, I guess I, I would say if I had a choice between a neutral site like a Atlanta, Georgia or Auburn's campus, if I knew there was going to be a return game, then, yeah, take me to Jordan Hare. But um, so I like Auburn. I, I mentioned TCU. I'd like to see TCU, Oklahoma State, um, you know, somebody that I would love to see them play Oregon. Uh, they have played Oregon in the past, but it's been a while. Uh, but a game in like Austin or whatever, like a home and home would oh, be, yeah, I think would cool. be super cool. Um, so I, I would love to sprinkle some of those, those kind of things in uh, with the, I, with eyes towards doing ho- uh, home and homes or home and neutrals. Uh, I like your eight, four, one idea. Uh, I probably would end up doing like a seven, five and one like they have now, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to try to get crazy with it. You might see me throw a Mac team on there just to, you know, not not overload the schedule too much or maybe, uh, you know, like a weak ACC team. But uh, I just I think that, you know, when I see people's dream schedule, sometimes it's like we're going to play at Alabama and the following week we're going to play first uh, Florida at home. And it's like, OK, you've already lost me. You know what I mean? Like it just there's too much going on there. If Notre Dame did play Oregon, it would be called solid verbal, solid verbal, right? <laughs> I mean, something's got to give there, right? So because it's 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 Dan versus Ty, it's a solid verbal. Yeah, and then Dan married a Michigan uh, woman, so like there's there's Michigan in the in the mix, and then of course Ty graduated from Penn State, so it's like you could have a solid playoff right there, you know? Yeah, uh, so. maybe Lafayette could fit in somewhere too. <laughs> the Leps, right? Yeah. So, uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up before we left, it was, um, I wrote today about, um, this little tempest in a teapot. I I like to call it. Um, there was an article that was written on the internet and one person expressed an opinion that basically he was, did not believe in the fighting Irish name and he wasn't going to call them fighting Irish anymore. He was just going to refer to them as Irish. And this got picked up weirdly and spread around the corners of the internet. Like people that I've never heard talk about uh, Notre Dame were in my Facebook news feed talk, talking about Notre Dame. And it, a lot of it wasn't complimentary. A lot of it was, oh my God, when's this, you know, when's this ever going to end or whatever? I didn't know if you had any, I had a chance to sound off today on online. I didn't know if you had any deep thoughts about um, fighting Irish or mascot names in general or team names in general. And I just wanted to give you space to kind of go at it and talk about uh, whatever you want within this realm. I mean, the only reason I'm a Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan is because they're the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, You know, my grandfather sort of started it all and, um, you know, was an, an Irish kid in Detroit in the 
you know, 1930s and 1940s and then 1950s. And, you know, my father right on down from that. And that name Fighting Irish really resonated with a generation of Irish Catholic kids all across the country. I mean, how many, you know, kids with Irish last names or Irish kids um, do you see gravitate towards Notre Dame? How much of that, of Notre Dame's mystique and lore is sort of seeped in, you know, obviously the Catholic aspect of it, um, but also just the name Fighting Irish. And I just think that if if it wasn't Fighting Irish, you wouldn't have the, the fan base that it is. And I think that it is when people make the argument that Fighting Irish is derogatory or try and put it on the same level as something like a Washington Redskins or to try and say that, yeah, Irish people had it as bad, um, you know, because Irish need not apply or things along that nature as other minority groups. I always just I sort of scratch my head and I just say, no, not not really, guys. We'll just sit this one out for now. Um it doesn't bother me in the least. I mean, I'm Brendan so let, McElhinney and I'm right. So let me ask you a question. If Notre Dame decided, and I don't know if it would be kowtowing to a special interest group like it was going on with, uh, you know, maybe the Washington NFL club or, um, you know, just a, a decision that was made by the, the board of trustees or father Jenkins or whoever, to change from fighting Irish to simply Irish, would that change your feeling about the team? Um, the only way I would take it is if we don't have to see the dumb leprechaun mascot, or not the mascot. <laughs> I like the mascot, but I don't like the the graphical version of him as much. I like the interlocking ND more, and I well, sure don't like that early two thousands redesign where they tried to make him look uh, super tough and gave him muscles. It would stand to reason that if they were dropping fighting, they would drop the fighting pose, right? I think that's a package. I would think that was a package deal. So if you did this, the only way I could subscribe and to get on board, and if you're going to get rid of the fighting aspect, you have to get rid of the leprechaun. So that means you have to bring back Clashmore Mike, and then I'm on board because you're bringing back <laughs> Clashmore Mike. What is, with your, what is with your attachment to Clashmore Mike? I guess I, I just don't get it. Because uh, he's an adorable puppy, and it's an actual live mascot on the sidelines, and it's a dog wearing a leather football helmet. Okay. Notre Dame had a dog wearing a leather football helmet on the sidelines catching frisbees on every halftime show. Or maybe you could integrate him to do something with Red Panda, where Red Panda's got like dishes she's tossing up there and spinning, and maybe Clashmore Mike could could get in in on the act. That would be absolutely amazing. Maybe like plastic dishes and he could catch them like Frisbees or something like that. She could like toss them like Frisbees. That would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, like all kidding aside, you just, I can't, I can't imagine. I don't know. I I think most fans and I I guess I want to speak for everybody, but I think most people would just kind of say, ah, okay. Like, I don't think like maybe you wouldn't agree with it, but I don't think it would make you stop being a fan or stop watching the games or something like that. Like, like, I just don't see being so offended by by taking away the word fighting that it's just like, OK, I'm just I'm cutting it all off now. Like this has gone too far. And any university that would, you know, would bow down to pressure and get rid of fighting, like doesn't deserve my support anymore. Like, doesn't that seem like a bridge too far? 
Yeah, I, I it's not personally as long. I mean, they're keeping the the moniker of Irish, right? They're just getting rid of the fighting. I think that's what people are objecting to. I don't think people are objecting to Irish. I think people are objecting to Irish in the con- and I don't. I say people. I I'm talking. I think of a very small amount of people that maybe a Max Kellerman, uh, the guy who wrote this article this week, uh, um, you know, the occasional uh, person on Twitter. I don't think this group is very big, right? So let's let's keep this in context. But let's just say for some reason there's it's a bigger group than I'm aware of. I think the objection is, and the objection I've always heard is, it's suggesting that Irish people are brawlers, that they're alcoholics, uh, none of which I believe the leprechaun logo or the fighting Irish name suggests, but whatever, let's just take this at face value. So I think the objection is not to the word Irish, it's to the word fighting. So I would assume that if there was a move that they would just move to, would move to Irish and that way no one could, I don't think anyone could be, they call themselves the Irish, you know, like it's not, uh, you know what I mean? Like Irish is a name. It's like, they call themselves the Swedes, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, now that you mention it, it would be patently absurd if they just called themselves the Irish. Okay. Because that's that's just a country. But I guess there's sillier mascots out there, right? There's um, the gooey ducks and uh, well, I mean, Van- Vancouver calls themselves the Canucks, right? Which is yeah, like and the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadians. Washington and yeah. the New yeah. England Patriots. So yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. You would have to scrub a lot of history. Um, well, that's for, that's the thing is I don't think you scrub any of the history. I think you just acknowledge where you came from and then just say we're moving forward as just simply the Irish. Right? So like the like the, the Stanford the Stanford Cardinal doesn't doesn't deny that they were once the Stanford Indians. They just they're not going to be called the Stanford Indians, well, they right? They don't have history. They don't have like when did they switch? Nineteen sixty eight or nineteen seventy? It was, 70, it was I think, yeah. yeah, 70 or 72, I think um, it was far enough along that like Stanford didn't necessarily have sort of the storied history of the Notre Dame fighting Irish and like here come the fighting Irish and any of that. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, I guess I wouldn't be super upset because I don't get super up. I don't get mad at a lot of stuff like that, but I just well, think it would be dumb. And that that's sort of my thing was today was after reading the the article that I read, which was like to put a, a lot of emotional investment in a, in a in your team's mascot or your team's name seems awfully silly compared to sort of the things that maybe we should be ex- expending emotional capital on. You know, like I'm a lot more concerned, like you said, I'm a lot more concerned that my wife stays healthy during this pregnancy. I'm a lot more concerned that you know my kids stay safe and uh and out out of the road like you know like on the the list of things that would get me fired up uh, i think changing the name would be down in the hundreds of thousands yeah i one, one thing though is that um in 2020 people have more free time than they've oh, ever so. had in human history so at, at no point in human history have people had more free time than they have now um, especially since those of us who are working are all working from home. So we have even more free time because um, we're not commuting, of course. Uh, 
so people just find things to get mad about. And then if you get mad about something and then somebody does something and changes it, you feel like you accomplished something. So I don't know. I wouldn't be super upset if Notre Dame changed their name just to Irish. I just think that it would be, it's not on the same level as some other sort of causes or maybe team names that you could change. But even then it's like, I think it's all sort of silly and well, there's I, other things and more important things to get mad about. Yeah. Well, this is the thing is I, and maybe disagree with me on this. And if so, please speak up. But I liken this to the Christopher Columbus, Columbus mural controversy for lack of a better term. Right. I, I heard as, as a club president, I heard from a couple of people saying that they were deeply offended by Notre Dame's decision to cover up those murals. Like somehow we were whitewashing the history. Those murals still exist. They just were not going to continue to make Christopher Columbus out to be this great guy when he clearly wasn't. Like so, it's understanding. It's understanding that they probably more uh, they more appropriately belong in a museum than they belong in the walls of your main building, right? And so there was a there was a conscious decision based on you know input that they had gotten from from a parties of you know a, a parties who were you know I, i'm not i'm a i'm a white guy like you know i'm i'm probably a descendant of christopher columbus or one of the people that came over with christopher columbus you know what i mean like i don't feel like i gotta say here and being offended by this um so when they when they covered them up i just thought hey okay that's fine and it's not like they don't exist still. They're still there. They didn't destroy them. They just aren't out for display. So I wasn't worked up about it, but I know people definitely were. I mean, my, my beef with Christopher Columbus is he's like the Alabama. Uh, yeah, he's uh, claiming national titles uh, he didn't win. He didn't win at Lee Ferrickson, beat him by a full 500 years. So get the fuck out of here, Christopher Columbus, you dirty, filthy liar. You didn't do shit. Leif Erikson was like in longboats with a bunch of Vikings rowing across the Atlantic before Christopher Columbus is like great, 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 great grandfather uh, was even thinking him as a, as a twinkle in the eye. So yeah, he's out there claiming, you know, 1973 national champions where he lost the bowl game to Notre Dame. Get out of here. Get <laughs> they were ranked 20th and lost four games. Come on, Christopher. Get out of here. Lost four ships. <laughs> How good of an explorer was he? I'm just upset that he gets the credit that he gets because he wasn't even that good of an explorer. He was beat by uh, Daneman, like, you know, 500 years before. But no, I, I, I get what you're saying with, with that. Um, you know, as long as you're doing it respectfully and, you know, you're, you're putting a message behind it and you're not just like, you know... Um, I don't I don't have a problem with it as facts arise changing things or as right. opinion changes. Yeah, um, that's 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 the point that I kind of wanted to hammer home, which is I'm in no way advocating that like the the writer this week did. I'm in no way advocating that this change should be made. I'm just saying let yourself be open to the possibility that sometime in the future uh, for for whatever reason, there becomes a group, uh, you know, a group that's that's loud and, and constant and, and, you know, and is, is, is asking, asking the, the college to take this seriously. At this point, I don't believe that there is at this point, I believe 
that people in Ireland aren't offended by the fighting Irish connotation. I don't believe that Irish Americans are, are offended by this. I don't believe that there's an outcry like there is um, for, for, the, for the Washington uh, team. But, um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, in 30 years it can't be different. And so that's why I just be open to the possibilities is what I'm, what I'm saying. Because at standing your ground on, well, this is our name and we're never going to change it. I, that makes you sound like Dan Snyder and that just sounds stupid. So, you know, that's just my thing. No, and we want to distance ourselves from Dan Snyder. We as want much to, as humanly possible. Right. And that starts with winning a national that wins, starts with winning a championship, which Dan Snyder is incapable of doing. So I would <laughs> like to, to see us continuing to distance from Dan Snyder. I mean, the only, Dan Snyder. I don't know if Dan Snyder made the decision to cut Tommy Reese, but Dan Snyder's team made the decision to cut Tommy Reese. So like there's a guy with questionable judgment, right? How, how, how many owners in the NFC East have won Super Bowls? It's all of them except for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Redskins slander will never not be funny. No, it never will. All right. I am plumb out of uh, things to talk about. I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you saw that crossed your eyes since the last time that we talked that you think is worth sharing with uh, with our listeners tonight? Uh, nope. It's uh, it's the same message uh, I've had for you know, the last two and a half months. Wear a mask. It's good. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah. Wear a mask. Just wash your hands. Be kind Don't to each go- other. Don't go to bars. Probably, probably don't go to bars. In, in don't don't uh, don't do that. Can we be can we be done with fireworks too? I, um, personal plea I, to be done with fireworks. July 9th. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. You got any? Uh, TV or music recommendations to, to send people out on. Yeah. Um, St. Motel's got their new album. I mean, they're starting to release their new album out. They're the best band that's out there right now. As far as I'm concerned, you listen to the first 15 seconds of any St. Motel song and it's immediately the best. They started rolling out uh, original motion picture soundtrack part two yesterday. And I foresee the rest of it coming out pretty soon here. So if you're not on St. Motel, um, get on St. Motel. Oh, interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of this band. Who, who would you say they sound like? Uh, they were a band. Un- I mean, um, Move was a pretty popular song. It was used in a bunch of commercials. Uh, My Type was popular. Cold Cold Man was pretty popular. Uh, Van Horn's one of their new hot, 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 hot tracks they got out there, uh, <laughs> as well as uh, the latest uh, the latest album they have coming out. Um, good song never dies basically sounds like a James Bond. It's, you know, a James Bond song essentially is what it sounds like. It's fantastic. Okay. Well, you're brushing your well, teeth tonight, Jude, put a, put a little, uh, good song never dies from, uh, uh, St. Mortal or, uh, um, my type. I am actually going to do exactly that. Uh, I am actually listening to the stand for the first time i read the book when i was a teenager and i figured like this is the perfect time to revisit that book and it's scaring the crap out of me and it's good um i just uh i really enjoy the way that uh stephen king takes time to 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 tell you about the nuances of all these different characters and they're slowly um making their way to come to i think come together i can't i actually can't remember what happens in this book so i'm actually really excited to uh 
to continue listening to it. It's 47 hours. I am <laughs> 17. I'm 17 hours in already. Yeah. And I can't get, I can't get enough. I'm, uh, I'm totally into it. So did you, did you watch slash re- or have read the outsider Stephen King's the outsider? It was a, uh, um, series on HBO. I both read the book and watched the series. Yes. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much, although I'm sort of wondering what they're going to do for a second season. So if if it's second season, it's even forthcoming. So they kind of left it open ended. Did you did you feel that way? I mean, with the, well, I don't want to do any spoilers, but yeah, um, but I certainly we just talked did about it in think, general terms. Yeah, they left yeah, it they open-ended, certainly did. Right? They definitely left it open ended. Um, and that that character is a very interesting and fun and complex character who I'd like to see more of. Yes, apparently I owe to myself to go back and read some other Holly Gibney books that she's appeared in. Apparently she's been in three at this yes. point now. Yep, yep, she's very so, good. I actually was a big Stephen King guy and uh, as a teenager and in college, and then I read a couple of dumb, dull books in a row and and swore him off for for many years. So I'm actually. I read the Institute, the outsider, and I'm, and I'm rereading the stand. So I'm just sort of getting back into him now. But, uh, so that whole period between insomnia, which I think is when I swore him off, uh, sell, sell. Yeah. Uh, you are, uh, yeah, that's about the time I I was like, okay, this is, this is, these are just diminishing returns. I didn't love uh, thinner. Um, so, uh, the movie was better than the book. Uh, you big Richard Bachman fan. I am. I, like, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever read any Richard Bachman, although I certainly am aware of who he is. So right, right, right. as a pen uh, name or whatnot, I haven't read any Joe, uh, Joe Hill books or anything like that either. So I haven't gone into the, the wild, wacky, uh, expanded universe here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Judah, it was a pleasure tonight. Yes. Everyone, uh, continue wearing your mask, wash your hands, go Irish. Uh, if there's no football season, we're going to come up with some crazy-ass things to do and talk about. So, um, And it's going to be painful, but we're going to be in it together. So until we figure that out, 